Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome again to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining podcast. And today's guest is John Lewins. He's the CEO of K92 Mining who are a gold mining producer with a with an operating mine in PNG, which is Papua New Guinea. Um, I'm going to let John give more information around the, around the company and the operation. Um, and also, the reason why we're doing this podcast is uh, John is going to be speaking at the upcoming IMARC conference in Melbourne, which is from the 29th to the 31st of October. And as Dig Deep, has partnered with the International Mining and Resources Conference. Um, you're going to be hearing some um, more podcasts of keynote speakers that are going to be at the event in Melbourne. Um, and the event is discussing the entire mining supply chain from exploration to investment, production through to optimization. Um, and at the end of this podcast, we're announced a discount code to save money on, on a ticket. So um, please stay tuned. So I'd like to welcome John Lewins. Hi, John. Hi, good day, Rob. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Really appreciate your time, uh, taking the time to, to do this podcast. Um, so I just want to start by giving um, our listeners a little bit of background about yourself, how um, obviously from back in the day when you um, studied and done your degree, um, and a little bit about your background, your career, to where you are today, um, and obviously give our audience um, any any information that they may not even know about you if they do know you. And then I've got some questions around, uh, obviously, the company, the operation, etc. Um, so the audience knows more about K, uh, uh, K92 Mining. Okay, well, I'm a, a minerals engineer. I've been in the industry, I hate to say it, but 40 years plus. Um I've worked in uh, Africa, Australia, Asia, uh, former Soviet Union, um, and uh, North America. Um, and my background, really, I, I started in uh, Africa in the in the gold industry. Yeah. Well, so, um, where, where did you study initially? I started my study in uh, in South Africa. Okay. Doing a diploma in extractive metallurgy. And then, uh, and then from there, having worked four years for Goldfields, which was six months mining or six months working on the mine, six months at college, I then went to Leeds University in the UK and did my degree in Leeds and then went back to Africa and uh, worked another five years in Africa before moving to Australia. Yep. And then what did you uh, do when you were in Australia? Australia. I uh, worked for MIM for about 10 years. I built uh, three gold mines for MIM, also the MacArthur River Lezik Mine Northern Territory, um, and then moved into the junior sector and did uh, copper SXEW in Mongolia, gold mine in Armenia, 
um, and a variety of studies in, in various parts of the world. Um, also built a uh, platinum mine in South Africa um, and uh, joined K92 in 2015, um, initially as a consultant, uh, then as the chief operating officer and took over as CEO of the company in uh, August 2017. Right, so just want to uh, ask you uh, some questions around K K92 mining. Um, just wanted to know how the um, how the company and operation are going in a broad sense, um, probably in terms of production um, and the operation obviously in PNG. I know you're going through an expansion, um, so just wondered how that's panning out. Okay, well, the uh, the operation is generally uh, going very well. Um, we we gave guidance this year originally of uh, 68 to 76,000 ounces gold equivalent production. Uh, after the first half of the year, when we had produced just under 40,000 ounces, we've upped the guidance to 72 to 80. So we've just finished uh, third quarter and the results for the third quarter in terms of production will be out next week. But we're very much online to achieve the higher end of our guidance. So when you look at uh, what that means in growth, last year, 47, 48,000 ounces. This year, somewhere between, say, 76 and 80,000. So it's a fairly substantial increase, 60% year on year. Yeah, certainly that's good results. Well done. At the same, yeah, at the same time, our, um, our head grades have, have been extremely good. Uh, as I think I said, top three in the world, 20 gram per tonne. And uh, all in sustaining costs uh, below 650 for the first half of the year. So we're traveling very well in, the, in that context. In terms of the expansion, uh, that is, that's uh, going well. The mobile equipment that we needed to bring in for the expansion underground is, is almost all on site now and, and uh, operational. So we are expanding the operation underground, opening up uh, new areas vertically, and developing a long strike to the south. Um, we've put in quite a bit of additional infrastructure underground, uh, new ventilation system being commissioned this month. Uh, there's also extensive uh, bypass systems being put into the main incline so that we've got uh, two-way traffic at uh, three key points. Um, we've put in new electrical infrastructure as well, new dewatering system. So underground is is looking is looking fairly good. Uh, we've gone from mining in one level only in 2018 to currently mining in three levels. We've just opened up uh, the next two levels, and by the end of the year, we'll have seven levels operating. On the surface side of things, uh, we've we're just in the process of commissioning the new gravity plant. So the core ore body, up to 50% of the gold is gravity recoverable, whereas the the Aruma Fimper, the original ore body, had none. So gravity circuit was the first part of our expansion. Uh, the balance of the expansion should be uh, physically completed by end of this year and then commissioning in Q1. So that takes the plant capacity from the current 200,000 tonnes per annum to 400,000 tonnes per annum. And... Uh, Mining-wise, it will take us until about Q3 to ramp up to that uh, that higher tonnage. So it will be a gradual ramp up. 
and that'll see us produce somewhere in the order of 115 to 125,000 ounces of gold equivalent next year. So another substantial step up from this year. And in the following year, we expect around 140,000 ounces and uh, all in sustaining costs going forward below $650 an ounce. Okay, it seems uh, pretty busy. A lot of things going on and a lot of projects uh, happening. And um, no, it sounds the operation is obviously moving forward very well. Um, and like you said, it's it's the I suppose the cash flow is supporting the growth as well, which is uh, which is good. Yeah, look, I mean, from a cash flow perspective, uh, at thirteen hundred dollars an ounce, we uh, we look very good. But uh, at the current, where it's almost fifteen hundred dollars an ounce, that's uh, that's obviously substantially better. Um, with the low all-in sustaining costs that we've got, yeah, we're generating good cash flow, and I think uh, next year we're projecting uh, cash flow in excess of uh, eighty million US dollars. So all of the exploration work and other work that we uh, we want to do, all funded from uh, from our own cash flow. Okay, you obviously mentioned exploration. What other, what are you, uh, what are your activities around exploration that you're involved in and maybe looking okay. to do? Okay, so first of all, we've got uh, exploration on the mining lease. So on the mining lease, currently we have uh, five diamond drill rigs operating, two from the surface and three from underground, and uh, we're. We're doing about 3,000 meters a month of uh, diamond drilling from the five rigs. And so the focus of those rigs is an extension of the resource along strike to the edge of the mining lease and also going down dip. So when we look at uh, the results we've had to date, um, I think of all the holes we've drilled this year, I think uh, everything but one of actually hit the K1, K2 veins, and uh, we've now shown that the veins have um, extent, vertical extent of up to uh, over a thousand meters. So we recently drilled uh, a hole which was 200 meters deeper than anything we drilled before and showed the continuity of the vein system going down to that depth. That's about 350 meters below where we are right now. Um, we've just completed a couple of holes that are another 100 meters deeper than that. Uh, we haven't released the results yet, but certainly looking at the core, we can see that we've intersected the vein systems down there as well. So really positive in terms of uh, looking at the vertical extent of the vein system. Uh, we've been pushing a long strike. We currently have about 1,000 kilometers of strike, sorry, 1,000 meters of strike. Um, so... We're very, very pleased, I think, with the results that we're seeing from the uh, from the drilling on site on the on the mining lease, and that'll continue all through next year. So our intent at this point in time is to update the um, the resource for the Cora deposit or Cora Cora North and Uatombi, which we believe uh, when we update it in Q1 will all be combined just into one resource. Um, our current uh, resource is about uh, 2.8 million ounces all up, and we're looking to take that to about 3 million. Uh, sorry, about 5 million ounces by uh, Q1. 
Now that we will then put into a, a new study to look at the next expansion for the project. And that'll be going on uh, next year. Um, and as I said, we'll continue with those five rigs drilling. Outside of the mining lease, we're currently drilling at our Blue Lake prospect. Now, Blue Lake is a porphyry target. We've got an initial six-hole program. Uh, we're just drilling the last hole now. All six of the drill holes have intersected the probolytic zone of alteration. So we are. What we've done is we've we've shown that there is a porphyry system. That the porphyry system is mineralized, and it's a very large porphyry system. And with the intersections that we've got in the probolytic zone, for instance, uh, 175 meters at 0.22% copper and 0.28 grams per ton gold, we've shown that it's a relatively high-grade system given that that's a propolytic zone. Now, we haven't drilled the potassic zone, which is the core, if you like, of the porphyry, which is where you expect to get the high grades. And so we're currently reviewing the information that we've generated from the drilling, but uh, also from uh, soil, geochem, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that uh, information will then be uh, put into an overall plan of uh, then what we're going to do next year. And so next year we are looking to carry on a drilling program with two rigs and actually targeting that uh, propolytic zone, uh, sorry, that potassic zone, that core. Um, outside of that, uh, we're looking at extensions of Cora from uh, the mining lease. We, uh, we believe that it extends about a kilometer long strike. Outside of the mining lease, there are historical and uh, um, workings that are that have uh, that have been identified um, so artisanal workings so the intent is to to continue drilling a long strike outside of the mining lease on Cora South and then we've got a couple of other um, targets that uh, at this point in time we're planning to be drilling next year as well okay it sounds very it sounds like you're very very busy obviously Increasing production, going through obviously an expansion and all the uh, exploration works uh, that you're looking to do. What challenges have you faced um, working in PNG? Because obviously I hear stories from candidates that it is obviously a pretty tough place to uh, to mine. What what's your experiences? Uh, what what have your experiences been uh, in PNG? And obviously with all the the works that you're looking to do and obviously expansion plans and exploration plans that you've got, um, what challenges have you faced? Well, uh, P&G has got some of the best geology in the world. I think uh, nobody nobody would argue that point. There are, in my view, there are three fundamental challenges in P&G. There's climate, there's, ge there's geography or topography, and then there's community. If you look at climate, um, it's a very high rainfall area. We're in the tropics. If you look at the, the big mines such as uh, Octeti, it gets about 8 to 10 meters of rain a year. Porgra, a well-known gold mine, yeah. it gets uh, 6 to 8 meters of rain a year. 
go to Hidden Valley, there are 300 and odd days rainfall per year. So very high rainfall, and that gives a lot of challenges. Where we sit um, at Kainantu, we are a veritable desert by PNG standards. We only have two and a half meters of rain, right, which yeah. by Australian standards is a lot, but by PNG standards is not so much. Um, now tied in with that, you've then got um, the, the topography or the geography. And if you look again at, at most of the mines, they're either in the highlands, where just finding enough land to build your infrastructure is a, is a huge challenge, um, or you're in the islands. And again, you've got limited land available. And so as a result, the mines, there's only two mines in PNG that have tailing stems. Ours is one of them, and Hidden Valley is the other. The rest are a deep sea deposition, or they're actually putting in tailings into the river. Those, you know, environmentally these days are not things that we want to be doing. So where we are, again, we've got the we've got a, a very large valley that we sit in. It's over uh, 10 kilometers wide, comes all the way up from the Port of Ley. So we're sitting in a very good location. We're on the edge of the highlands. We're not in the highlands. And we actually go up a sub-valley and we are going... Uh, into our underground mine, we're actually going up into the underground mine. So that's another uh, positive, if you like, for uh, for the mine. Location where we are, and, and again, when you're in the highlands, when you're in the islands, infrastructure is a serious problem. It's 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 well known for, for, uh, for PNG. In our case, we have a sealed road coming all the way up from Ley, it goes all the way up into the highlands, up to Porger and all the rest of it. So it's 200 kilometers up the sealed road. Um, and we're only eight kilometers off that sealed road. So we've got very good access into a port. And then power is one of your other issues. Uh, there's only two mines on grid power. We're one of the two. So we have hydroelectric uh, from PNG power. Get our power for there. We have complete standby. But these are some of the you know, huge challenges that you do face in PNG. And then the third one is community. Yeah. And, you know, it's important to to understand that that PNG is a very diverse country. It's got 8 million people, but it's got 800 languages. There are more languages in PNG than the rest of the Southern Hemisphere put together. It's a very diverse country. Yeah, I didn't know that. (laughs) That's an interesting fact. Add to that, it has less than 200,000 taxpayers out of 8 million people. And it tells you that the vast majority of people are effectively subsistence farmers. Yeah. So land is incredibly important to any PNG national. And you you fundamentally have to recognize that, that when people talk to you about their land and you being on their land, you are on their land. Yeah. And yes, you have a mining lease, but that is still somebody's backyard. And so you come into someone's backyard, you've got to show respect. Um, obviously, there is uh, compensation packages. These are important things for people. But equally important are jobs. And, and for instance, our mine has 95% PNG nationals. It's the highest percentage in the country. It's also about the future. So people look for education for their children. We currently run 57 scholarships for our landowners, for their kids, for tertiary education. So 
you know, these, again, really important things for your community. And then business opportunities. We have multiple joint ventures for the for the communities. Um, now, you don't do these things, and communities basically are not going to make you welcome. You, you've come into their area. If you are not providing them with a return and with uh, uh, benefits, then why should they? support you so it's really important to to focus on uh, on community and certainly that's been a learning experience for us learning how um how to deal with our community how, how much we need to focus on our communities um and you know what their expectations are and the meeting of those expectations yeah i mean you raised quite a few good points there and and i suppose maybe not everyone understands uh, and I suppose more so around around the community, and like you said, it is their backyard, um, and that's why there probably is some hostile environment. Sometimes there is hostile between the the locals, uh, maybe because they're not getting a fair a fair slice of the pie. Perhaps I don't know, but you've obviously hit the nail on the head when you're saying how important it is that you're on their land and mining their land. Um, so yeah, I think you raised a few good points there. So what what is uh, K92's relationship with the locals, I take it from what you said, it, it is pretty good. Is there things that you might need to improve on or is there things that you've got in the pipeline that you're also looking to do? Well, look, I, I think you can always improve on on what you're doing in any area of mining. I mean, you, you, you never get to the point where you can say, I've, I've hit perfection, be it in you know, your operating costs, your capital costs, your productivity, environment, or community. So, you first of all, you can never sit and say, "Okay, well now, I've um, now I've ticked the box on community." It's yeah. a it's something that you continually have to work at. Yeah. Um, we employ, I think, in excess of forty people working in in community uh, relations, community projects, and we are always looking for opportunities for projects that we can do. Um, for opportunities for community to get involved in the business, um, and quite frankly, you know, trying to make sure that that we are the good corporate citizen. Yeah. Um, you know, the infrastructure that you have around you is very limited, and the reality is that your communities look to you to help improve it, and that means schools, that means uh, medical facilities, that means roads. These are things that in, in Australia one might not be considered to have any responsibility for, but where we are, they're the sort of things that you, you have to be looking at. Yeah, certainly. What what kind of projects are you involved in that isn't necessarily the norm? So obviously, like in Australia, you obviously everything's more developed, whereas obviously in PNG you're helping develop some of those things. So what other kinds of projects are you involved in that isn't necessarily the norm to, to most mining professionals? Well, we're, we're busy with uh, upgrades to the roads into um, our, our main uh, landowners. Um, the road basically is just about impassable in the wet season, so we're upgrading that so that we get year-round access. Um, we've got uh, water projects, so providing, although it's, it's a very wet environment, there isn't necessarily water in the villages or water pipe to where the villages are. So we've been putting in a, a number of uh, water pipelines and water supplies to the villages. Um, 
We've got some clinics that we've been putting into the villages as well. Um, we also, for instance, we focus on buying most of our produce, um, fresh produce, so you know, bananas, yams, all those sort of things, yeah. from the local communities. So they're not coming in from Leh, they're not coming in from somewhere else. They're actually, uh, you focus on buying those things from your, from your local communities. Um, and then there's, you know, day-to-day issues of just assisting people with um, uh, coming into our clinic, um, you know, where we've uh, assisted with everything from births to broken bones, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, because there aren't those clinics immediately available in the, in the area. So we've got to provide those sort of, uh, those sort of things as well. Yeah. Um, how do you see the mining industry developing in PNG and surrounding areas as a whole? Interesting question. Look, um, th- there's certainly not enough exploration happening in PNG. Uh, yeah. We need to see more exploration happening, and and I think the government recognise that as well. There are proposals, for instance, the current system. I think is that. An expiration license has a two-year life. Yeah. Well, that's that's simply not enough. Yeah, and so, um, you know, the proposal that is that is coming forward is to increase that to a five-year life. So, I think the government recognises there are some changes that need to be made and are, are proactively looking at some of those. So, there's some some big positives there uh, uh, that can be done that can. The little things, really, but they they can make quite a difference in terms of making it a more attractive place to uh, to be doing exploration. Um, as I said, the geology is is quite outstanding, but it has tended to be a country of big projects: Octedi, Pogra, Lahore, Bougainville when it was uh, operating, Ramu Nickel. These are all really big tier one type. Um, Assets, uh, Wafi Golpu being brought into production, yep. Frida River um, having completed a feasibility study, likewise a tier one assets. So you're not seeing the the juniors in PNG as as you see in many other countries, and so that's a an area where I think the government recognises they um, they need to try and make things more attractive to uh, to bring. More juniors in because, as we know, you know, juniors spend a heck of a lot of the exploration dollars and find the majority of deposits. So it's important uh, to get those guys in to bring them in. Um, and I certainly think that we will see uh, an increase in juniors coming into uh, into the country. Uh, the gold price obviously is performing reasonably well, and and that uh, that should be a driver getting uh, more companies in. Um, we're a Canadian company. Uh, we're in PNG. Should be an Aussie in there. Yeah. So you know, maybe a, a few more Australians. You know, the, I think uh, you'd say the Australian market's very mature and the, the uh, gold company's very mature. Um, great opportunities in PNG. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's, it, there sounds like a lot of potential in PNG, and there is a lot of Australians that actually listen to this podcast. So, um, yeah, maybe something they can uh, they can think about. Um, so, what's the bigger picture for K nine two mining? If you're looking, say, further into the future. Okay, so um, the other thing we're looking to do is to start a twin incline 
uh, Q1, and that is a is a lead on we think to the next phase of expansion. If we don't expand it, it ultimately we require it for the current production, but we probably wouldn't require it for several years. We've decided to start that uh, early next year, and that twin incline will be able to handle five times more tonnage than the current expansion. So the idea is that that would enable us to do the next level of expansion, but give us a head start on doing that next level of expansion. We certainly believe that with the updated resource that we're we're busy with uh, drilling right now, that we would be looking at a substantial expansion. When I say substantial, I'm talking to two to three times larger than the expansion we've currently got underway. So we're currently going up to 400,000 tons per annum. We think that uh, the next phase will see that up to 800 to 1.2 million tons per annum. And that really takes us to the plus 300,000 ounces a year type operation with a long life, plus 10 years. So you're getting into a tier one type asset. Um, From a business development perspective, we're also looking at uh, other opportunities, um, North America, South America, Asia, and really leveraging off the excellent cash flow that's being generated uh, from this mine. And, And obviously the skills and the experience that we have within the company to look for uh, for other opportunities. I'd love to look for some in Australia, but I think the reality is that uh, Australia is uh, is extremely mature and uh, any uh, assets or opportunities that are there are fully priced. So there's not a lot of opportunity, I don't think. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> it looks like you've got obviously big plans um, and it looks like you're doing really well. So um, yeah, um, good luck and um obviously you guys are doing really well so obviously good luck for the future um lo just wants to slowly wrap this up um can you give us a, a flavor of what your talk's going to be at the uh, imac conference um which is in a uh, three or four weeks time oh look the i mean the talk is really about providing an update on where county k92 is yeah and and really showing that you know where we've come from i mean to put to put it into some context, Cora North, we put the first hole into Cora North in May 2017. It's, it's, that hole is approximately 800 meters below the surface, um, and it's approximately two kilometers in from the portal. So in the 200 meters or 250 meters from our decline or incline but it's you know that shows you where that hole was now in october 2017 so just six months later we took out a bulk sample we put it through the plant january 2018 another three months later end of january we declared commercial production 2018 also saw us declare our first resource at cora north 1.2 million ounces added to the 1.6 already sitting at Cora. We also produced almost 50,000 ounces during 2018. And now in 2019, we're on target for 76 to 80,000 ounces. So what we've seen is an incredibly rapid development of a brand new deposit, brand new system. And so, you know, partly we're saying, well, look, that's where we've got to. Um, 
but this is where we're going. And so it's about the growth for the future, the opportunities that we see um, for the project. And it's uh, it's really highlighting that we believe it's uh, we've got a tier one asset that's one of the highest grade mines in the world with one of the lowest operating costs. And uh, it's in the hands of a junior. Yeah, certainly. It sounds very, very attractive. So um, really appreciate uh, taking the time to um, to do this podcast, John. If our audience wants to uh, contact you, how can they go about doing that? Uh, well, our connection details are on our website, uh, k92mining.com. And, uh, you know, all the, all the, uh, the connections are, uh, are on that website. Yeah. And are you on any social media platforms? Uh, we do run. I personally don't run on the social medias. I, I, I sort of run on LinkedIn and whatever, but I don't yeah. do the, yeah. the social media. I leave that for the, for uh, some of our other people. Yeah, no worries. Um, if you'd like to hear more about John and K92, which obviously is an interesting story and obviously he's probably got a lot more to share um, at the presentation that he's going to be doing at the upcoming International Mining Resources Conference in Melbourne, um, which is on the 29th and 31st of October. Um, so, yeah, please come along. Um, as a, uh, and as a bonus, all Dig Deep listeners can receive 10% off tickets when you register with a discount code Dig Deep in capital letters. Um, so for full details, check the show notes accompanying this podcast. Um, so go on, go and book your tickets now and I uh, hope to see you there. Um, please share this podcast amongst um, your work colleagues. Um, gives others in the mining industry some up-to-date information um, around obviously companies um, and you hear many guests like John and about K92 mining <clears throat> it's going to provide a lot of important information and content to help you um, help you um, if you're looking to invest in mining companies or perhaps help you with uh, with your career so well, thank you for listening I hope you enjoy the podcast and until next time happy mining thanks for listening to dig deep the mining podcast if there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining!